0: And uh, we will uh, be studying that uh, beginning July 1st. Angels, demons, and other flying creatures. I apologize, my voice has been kind of coming and going today. I uh, didn't work this morning, and uh, it seems to be going sinuses. Y'all have those issues every year. It's always in, uh, uh seems like uh, struggles. But anyway, we're going to begin tonight with uh, a quiz. Well, not a quiz, but reviewing a quiz that you took Uh, At the very first introductory lesson, if you still kept it, some of you may have burned it uh, after two or three lessons, some of you may have conveniently lost it or misplaced it. But if you did keep the initial opening quiz, if you want to grab that and we'll quickly take a look at it. And again, you can check yourself. But now that we've come through uh, six studies, this is number seven and the final study. And we'll look at it here in a moment. I want to go back over those 10 questions. And uh, see if anything has changed, maybe from the beginning to now. And we'll also probably add some things, obviously, as we look at uh, week six tonight. uh, As far as the book's concerned, it's our seventh study, because we've an introductory uh, lesson as well. Uh, And I want to hopefully allow some time tonight for you to interject uh, some closing thoughts or uh, comments and so forth. So I'm going to do my best to kind of work through the quiz then work through the final chapter and then give some time for you uh, to interject some things tonight as we kind of wrap up this thing. Really, we're not going to wrap it up completely because the next time we study Revelation, we're going to be studying about the new Jerusalem and new heavens and new earth. And so for a lot of you, it'll be somewhat a refresher. Uh, For others, it may be really eye-opening. Uh, If they have not been in this study, and maybe uh, I thought about this recent days, we'll we'll still touch on it again uh, in the coming weeks on on that particular Sunday. But I gave you a 10-question quiz, and thank you, Lynn, for reminding me last week, because I totally would have forgotten about this. Uh, So thank you for reminding me, but I I told you at the beginning we're going to try to come back and revisit it. But I asked you, uh, the very first question was, define heaven. And if you've got your paper, kind of glance at it and see, would you alter your definition at all now uh, that you've studied uh, these weeks? Everybody got that one right. All right? I don't have a paper. Oh, well, we have to give you an F, I guess. (laughs) Then we ask you to define paradise. What is paradise? We talked about some may have put, you know, a cool breeze in the Bahamas, but uh, this is going to be a quick review. How did you learn what you know about heaven? Well, a lot of folks came at it from various angles, obviously, uh, but now you have done an in-depth study on heaven. And you could say, "Hey, I knew some things, but we did an in-depth study. By Randy Alcorn. Where is heaven? Now, number four, I'm wondering is anybody going to change their answer or, or maybe uh, uh, embellish their answer a little bit on that one. Maybe some had it's up there somewhere, and we know that the present heaven, we know that it's distinct from the eternal heaven, which will be where upon the new earth. Yeah, there's new heaven, a new earth, and new Jerusalem. Is heaven a real place? I think everybody was convinced. That it was. I don't think that's going to change that. But how about number six? Even if you don't have your paper, uh, I'll even change the question. But the question was, are you looking forward to heaven? Well, let me just Let me say it this way tonight. Are you looking forward to heaven more now than you were maybe seven lessons ago? I am. I mean, my understanding. I was challenged in some of this uh, this chapter we're going to study tonight. And we'll talk about that. We ask you, if so, why? If not, why not? Number eight, how do you know you're going to heaven? There's only one. Yeah, there's only one correct answer, and that's salvation. Uh, trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, number nine was one of the most exciting and, uh, questions we ask, I think, for some. Draw a picture of what you think heaven looks like.
1: Um,
0: maybe that picture look a bit different now. And number ten, what do you want to get from this study? Now, i tell you what, I'm going to hold off on that because we'll come back at the end, like I said, and give you an opportunity to um, um, comment and give some thought, closing thoughts. But uh, it's interesting to see if you had any answers that uh, uh, were different now than at the beginning of uh, this time together. Well, we're looking at what will we do in heaven, because that's a big question a lot of people have. I think we have hopefully debunked the idea that we're going to be floating around on clouds with harps all by our lonesome and boring tedium forever. Uh, we know that's not what the Bible teaches. Um, but the opening question there on page 123, and I want to ask you if you've ever heard anybody say this. We commonly hear people say things such as, we don't understand now, but in heaven we'll know everything. Has anybody ever said anything like that to you? We'll, we'll understand everything in heaven. We'll know everything in heaven.
2: There's a song.
0: We'll understand it better by and by. But uh, is 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 it true that we'll know everything in heaven? Okay, we're going to keep on learning. Why won't we know everything? Yeah, because if you know everything, you'd be omniscient, all-knowing, and you'd be God. So we're never going to know everything. But First Corinthians 13, 12 says, does say we're going to understand it better, better by and by, not completely by and by, not totally by and by. And, you know, I've heard people talk about we don't understand now we understand in heaven. I really believe that some things we won't even care about anymore when we get to heaven. I mean, it, we just it won't be a concern or some people say, well, I can't wait to get to heaven so I can ask the Lord about this or ask the Lord about that. I, I really don't think a lot of that's going to matter to us. When we get to heaven. And if it does, then I'm sure we'll probably be given some answers. The first Corinthians 13, 12, the Apostle Paul wrote, now we see, but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now they ask you on page 124 at the top to read the verses, the context. You know, the text is that verse. The context is where it lives. And you want to be careful about ripping verses out of context. I mean, because you can make the Bible say all kinds of things that it does not say if you rip the verse out of context. But looking at that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, and they ask specifically at verse 8, um, what is he talking about? Is he talking about ways of obtaining general knowledge about everything? Or is he talking about ways of knowing God and his will? Knowing God and his, <coughs> his will. Exactly. 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve, according to Wayne Grudem, who's a, a theologian, Uh, Does not say that we will be omniscient or know everything Uh, Paul could have said that But rightly translated it simply says We will know in a fuller or more intensive way Without any error or misconceptions in our knowledge Because quite frankly there's a lot of things we don't know And a lot of things we don't understand And a lot of things I don't know if we'll ever understand But we accept that the Lord's in control The Lord understands The Lord's in charge And we receive these things And we take them and we trust him with these things But we know that we won't know everything, but what we do know um, will be much more fuller and complete than what we know now. Even the angels don't know everything. Uh, First Peter chapter one, verse 12, angels desire to look into these things. They don't understand a lot of the things that that we've experienced um, and we experience. Will we learn? And you mentioned a moment ago that we're going to continue learning. And Randy says we will. And what verses does he base that on? Um, I'll give you a hint. We're on the same page. Uh, what, what verses is he bringing to light there? It's in, the, it's in the side column on page 124 in the 10 part with, with, black, with black print uh, in English. Thank you. Ephesians
1: 2, 6 and
0: 7. So let's read that together out loud. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Good, everybody's awake now, so that's good. But it says there in Gallup poll that they did, and you know, these polls... Depends on who you ask, what kind of answers you get. But in this poll they did, they asked people their perspective about heaven. Only 18% thought people would grow intellectually in heaven. Now think about that. So I guess maybe a lot of them thought, well, maybe you get perfected in heaven. There's no more growing. There's no more learning. Maybe that was their thought. Um, But according to Ephesians 2, 6, and 7, in what activity did Paul tell us that God will be involved in during the coming ages? Seating us in heaven, showing the riches of his grace, Or building scale models of extinct species. Showing the riches riches of his grace. Now, why is it the first one? Because he talks about that we're going to be seated in heavenly places. Why is it not that?
1: They're not going to stay seated.
0: Okay. We're already seated in heavenly places. Did you read it? God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him. Past tense. In the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We say, wait a minute. How's it possible that I'm here tonight, but I'm seated in heavenly places? Because I'm in Christ. And positionally speaking, I'm in Christ. And I'm seated in heavenly places. In fact, positionally speaking, in Christ, we're already perfect. Positionally speaking, in Christ. We have Christ's righteousness. Practically speaking. Progressive sanctification. Sanctification is a big $20 word. talks about growing more like Christ. Practical sanctification. Progressive sanctification. Day by day, God is still working on us and working with us and chipping off the rough spots and making us more like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But positionally speaking, we're in Christ and we're seated in heavenly places. And and you have to remember as well that God sees all things all at the same time. He's not looking at past, present, future. That blows my mind. But he already sees Rodney in perfect righteousness because I'm in Christ. He sees you in Christ in perfect righteousness. And he also sees us here as we struggle along in progressive sanctification, being made more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. But in the ages to come, it says he'll be showing the riches of his grace. And so the idea is what? We're going to be learning more about God and learning more about his goodness and learning more about his grace and learning. And so we'll be learning and developing our knowledge. And... Um, what an exciting thing that will be. Now, some people might think, well, I don't like learning. Well, let's be honest about it. It depends on what you're learning. Some people think learning was just just a book. You know, learning is only a book. It's book work. No. There's all kinds of things we learn, aren't there? Uh, you say, I don't like learning things. Let's go do your favorite hobby or your favorite activity, and let's go talk about that for a while. And you enjoy learning about it. But if you're a fisherman... Uh, Will you learn? I want to know more about this. What about this new rod? What about this particular bait? What about this spot? If you like um, rebuilding uh, old tractors and trains, our house is tractor and train central. Graham is just crazy about old trains and track. We watch them on TV, um, you know. He wants to know more about those, and other and, uh, guys do too. Maybe you restore uh, old cars or whatever. You, you like to learn about those things. Maybe you like to do needlework, crocheting. Uh, We've got basket weavers in here. We've got people that do all kinds of things in here. You enjoy learning and exploring. So don't think, well, just learning is just this right here. No. We learn and we grow. And throughout eternity, it seems we'll be learning and growing. And Jesus wants us to learn, does he not? Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, he said to his disciples, learn from me. Now, we never had the privilege, did we, of sitting at the feet of Jesus. Physically. Like the disciples did. Like Mary did. Uh, we can see, sit at his feet and listen to his words in the scripture. But imagine, he's going to be with us in heaven. We're going to be with him. We can learn from Jesus. Literally. Isn't that awesome? That's incredible. Look at the middle of page 125. What genuine obstacles now prevent you from actively seeking all the new knowledge and better understanding you'd like? So think about the things you'd like to learn more about. What is it now that keeps you from pursuing that? Time, and money. Yeah, that's two big ones. That's some of the biggest ones on there, right? Time and money.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. We have limited resources, limited time, limited money, limited energy. We have the cares of daily life. We have to care for family. We have responsibilities. And so a lot of these things that we would like to do, like to explore, people sometimes ask if I'm going to continue my education. Well, not formally, probably, but it, it, hopefully I won't get dumber and dumber, but I'll keep learning. But <laughs> not, not formally, uh, you know, I mean, the idea uh, of doing that uh, might be a nice idea, but right now it's not practical. Uh, maybe you feel the same way in areas in your life, but we're not going to be limited in heaven, are we? And we're not going to be limited by time. So I don't have time to do that. I like what he said there That later on in the study about, you know, now you have to make decisions in life. And, you know, you realize you're not going to get to see everybody today. You're not going to do everything you want to do today. But in heaven, people don't die. Time doesn't run out. Resources don't run out. And you can always start over later. Darrell?
2: I was thinking of language here on earth, you know, after this hour, uh, Mm -hmm. with all these languages...
0: Will there common? Will we go back to before that time where there was probably some kind of common language? I think we'll have a
1: common language. Um, probably going to be Southern English. No, 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 we're talking about heaven. Oh, oh. Whoa, I'm getting
0: there. <laughs> yeah. You had just got to stop doing that. Okay? Yeah, where we all speak Greek, Hebrew, um, would there be a new language? The thing about it is we don't have to learn language. If we look at the book of Acts. You know, the day of Pentecost, they were, the, the, the uh, Holy Spirit came upon them. They spoke in known tongues. They didn't go to school for it. They didn't get the Rosetta Stone. They didn't do any of that. Uh, so, yeah, God can make it where we understand. God can make it where we can understand if we used our own common language we could understand. But I, I imagine we'll have one unified language. What language that is, I don't know. Um, but I, I'd like to think that we will. What about work? We're going to go through fast tonight so I can give you more time. Will, we, will work be engaging? Will we express creativity? Um, we're on day two, 128. Will work be engaging? What's work like here a lot of times? Let's be honest about it. Uh, Lynn, you were honest last week and, and you clarified that for us. <laughs> Uh, let's be honest about it. What is work like at times here? Aggravating, Aggravating. hard, hard. Drudgery. drudgery, frustrating, Um, um stressful. stressful, difficult. I mean, all those adjectives we could just keep throwing out there. Now there are times of joy, times of great satisfaction, uh, times where there's great fulfillment. But we are in a sin-cursed, fallen world. And so work is a mixed bag. Now, work is a blessing. Uh, I couldn't imagine a life without some form of work. I don't, it doesn't to be formal work. Those who are retired, you want to keep active. You want to do things. You want to be productive. Because God made us to work. Work is not the curse. Work was made harder by the curse. But God put Adam and Eve in the garden to, to dress it and keep it and so forth. So that wasn't the curse. The curse came later as work was made more difficult. So will we still be creative in heaven? I believe so. And Randy does too. And the reason why is because where does creativity come from in the first place? God. Uh, he made a point, and I thought it was a valid point. You know, when he put Adam and Eve in the garden, and if they had never sinned, would they have developed uh, technology? Would they have developed machines and machinery and all those things? Quite possibly, because if fallen man can do that.
2: Well we still make mistakes like in the process of learning? You know, and you try and it didn't work, and you try. You know, that doesn't mean
0: we're sitting. Yeah. It means that yeah. we're learning. But well, I, th- I think I don't know if we'll fail, but we might just get better and better at it. You know, I don't know if it's a fail failure. Was it Tom? Was it Thomas Edison that said that he was it ten thousand times or something to create the light bulb? you all help me, and he never failed. But he's learned nine hundred ninety nine thousand. Well, how not to do it? Um, so, but the creativity comes from God and we find that in uh, the margin, Genesis 4:21 and 22, Jubal was the father of all who played the lyre and the flute. Tubal Cain made all kinds of bronze and iron tools. We see God gifting people with uh, creativity and skill in the building of the tabernacle. And they not only had the skill, they taught the skill to other people. Look at the uh, temple and the skill that was needed to do that. Uh, God is a God of, of creativity because He created all of this, and God created us in His image. And so, rejoice, O oh ye crafters, and and those who enjoy doing those things, because really you're doing what the Father does, aren't you? You're you're making and you're you're beautifying, and all those things are wonderful and great. And and I believe that we'll continue to express our creativity. Uh, exactly how I don't know. I don't know exactly how that will all work. I don't know the answer to that, if, we, if it's possible to fail. Uh, I, I just feel like maybe we won't fail, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll just get better and better. Uh, he talks about people making uh, jewelry. We see that in Scripture. Um, here it's known for status, but there it would be made to bring uh, glory to the image of God. Because there were jewels in the high priestly garment, right? We're going to be studying, I don't want to give away all my message, but we're going to be studying the New Jerusalem we sell kinds of precious stones and precious metal and things that are just mind blowing. There, Isaiah sixty five twenty one. What did it tell us we would do on the new earth on page one thirty? Isaiah sixty five twenty one.
3: Decorate buildings.
0: Yeah, we're gonna build houses and plant vineyards. That's what it says, right? Will there be technology? Now I don't know about that. I, you know he. Let me just say this now. I think when we got to this chapter, Randy got um, presumptuous at some points. Uh, he's making his own guesses. So I want, I want to make a distinction because we've been real careful to try to be back up everything we're saying with Scripture. Some of this is presumption. Some of it is uh, his best guess because we're talking about playing sports in heaven and all these things. Some of these things, we cannot find a verse we can point to. We can find other verses We can find principles, we can find scriptural truths, but some of these things we're going to leave her saying, I don't know. I mean, will there be smartphones in heaven?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I hope not. No, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Will there be technology in heaven? Will there be a need for technology in heaven? What's technology supposed to do for us?
3: Supposed to make, make your life easier. Make
0: life easier. Yes. What does technology usually do for us?
1: <laughs>
0: Stress harder. us out, make it harder. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't get away anymore. I mean I got like to think if I was taking a trip to the Milky Way and the new heaven, new earth is not something are gonna call and me, Hey preacher, you know, I'm like, hey I'm trying to look at the Milky Way no, anyway. Uh, we don't know. We do know that the giftings that God has given, according to Romans eleven twenty nine. What does it say about God's gifts and God's calling in Romans eleven twenty nine? You're on one thirty one. They'll never be recalled. They're irrevocable, and so God has gifted us. And so you would have to think that uh, there will be things created, things made. uh, But I don't know if there'll be machinery, maybe technology. I don't know. but it's going to be pretty awesome. Will there be arts, entertainment, and sports in heaven? Probably your answer would depend upon whether or not you personally like arts, entertainment, and sports now. Because uh, those who hate sports, they know there can be sports in heaven. And those who like the arts, so they'll be arts in heaven. And, uh, but let's talk about arts for a moment. Will music be in heaven? Yeah. It's in, it's in the, we see it in, in Revelation, the present heaven. We see them singing before the Lord. Revelation 14, 2, and 3. Uh, the 144 redeemed from the earth will sing a new song before God's throne. Uh, people in paradise will sing the song of Moses, Revelation 15:2 and 3. Uh, God is the one that gave us music in the first place. Um, he gave us the ability to make musical instruments. And I tell you what, those are some, those smart people that made these musical instruments. Just think from nothing to this, develop these things. Um, you know, the piano, the hearts, all those things. It's amazing. But what's your relationship to music on the present earth? Check all that apply. I can't imagine life without the joy of music. I can hardly play the radio without an extra helping of static. I long to play a musical instrument well. How many want to really? you really wish you could play a musical instrument? Several. Playing music is one of the great joys of my life. Yes, yeah, singing. i said before, and we've talked about it before, imagine church. Imagine worship without music. We just can't get our arms around it. It's a part of worship. It's a part of music. And so we know that, as it says, our music is transcendent. Um, music just crosses a lot of borders. It's a wonderful <coughs> gift. And so we know there'll be singing and, and music in heaven. Will we tell stories in heaven? Well, I know certain people there's going to be stories told in heaven. That's <laughs> sure. Right? Um, we've talked about it before in here. We long to hear the stories of the great saints of the Bible. Uh, we long to hear all those stories, and we're going to have time to hear those stories.
2: Well, will there be fiction?
0: <laughs> Do you like fiction?
2: Yeah, but it's really a lie. But you got to know it to make it fiction. Otherwise, it's a lie.
0: Is it a lie if you know it's a fiction?
2: <laughs> You're trying to deceive somebody.
0: Don't know. Don't know if it'll be fiction or nonfiction. Will we laugh in heaven?
2: I mean, about art, is <laughs> just heaven artistic?
0: Well, I mean, you have plays, you have uh, drama, you have theater. A lot of that is fiction. You have uh, fiction uh, novels, um, all that, so that's possible. I mean, you could tell some fantastic stories, I'm sure. Um, I don't know the answer to that one. What about laughing? Absolutely. Is there a biblical warrant that there will be laughing? No. Where is it found? Luke six twenty-one, right? Mm-hmm. We weep now, but what's gonna happen? We're gonna laugh. We're gonna laugh. Well I tell you what, I can imagine heaven without laughing. Luke six twenty three, rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. And I realized, and I, I don't have a hard time with that, I, I love laughing, I love to make people laugh, I enjoy doing that. But there's some people God's going to really have to do a work on them.
1: <laughs>
0: They're going to have to do a big work on them to get them glorified and laughing, because I'm afraid their, their new face might crack if they laugh. But anyway, um, C.S. Lewis said, joy is the serious business of heaven. Now, that's quite a thought. Um... If we were to make the joy, if we were to change our attitude every day and reflect on the joy of the Lord, what would it do to our lives according to Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10? I'm on page 135, if you're wondering. You already answered this one, maybe. If we were to reflect on the joy of the Lord every day, what would that do for us? Yeah. Yeah. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So what does that mean, that if I reflect upon the joy of the Lord and the glory of the Lord, how does that strengthen me? It
3: enriches your personal relationship with him. Yes. Well, it gives you strength to go through each day. Yeah. More
1: confidence.
0: Yeah, it builds your faith, doesn't it? So you think about how good God is and how glorious He is and all the joy that's waiting for you. And on those days where you don't have a lot of happiness in your life, there's a difference between happiness and joy. We all know that, I hope. Happiness, uh, happiness depends upon what happens to us. Joy can be an established, settled thing because of what Christ has done and who we are in Christ. And so some of those days are not happy days. But if we reflect upon the joy of the Lord, it gives us strength. Don't we see that when loved ones that are Christians pass away? And we watch the families of those people that know that their loved ones now with the Lord? Although they're sad, what's what's going on? They're strengthened right by the joy of the Lord, knowing their loved ones and experiencing that joy, and they too are experiencing it. Alright, well here's the big one. Will there be sports in heaven?
3: I think so. You think so? Sportsmanship aspect of it. Okay. But then
0: you'll have a losing team. Well, see, that's what I wrestled with. How do you lose if you're if, perfect?
3: It's going to be just for fun. No okay.
0: <laughs> you haven't been down Little League Park lately, have you?
3: <laughs>
1: And I want you to
0: know I kept my testimony this whole season. I think I kept it. Yeah, I watched another parent get ejected, but you know, not that I agree with everything, but I I think I kept my testimony, Brother Gene.
2: I always worry about the. You know, you come down to a place close match in the finals, and I keep thinking about, well, who's side God is on? Oh yeah. (laughs) Everybody's praying for the (laughs) answer. If there's sports in heaven, there'd probably be controversy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Will there be instant replay in heaven anyway? Um, but there won't
2: be any gambling on sports.
0: No. no, I don't think so.
2: We're going to be there worshiping and praising him. And we're not going to have time to worship sports. And maybe I'm wrong with that, but that's going be good.
0: Well, again, this is this is presumption, because we don't have a verse Randy Alcorn, who has studied heaven, I'll say far more than I have, uh, he seems to be inclined to think that there will be, because he says, some people have said to him, but there can't be athletics in heaven because competition brings out the worst in people. Um, It says that there'll be no worst to bring out in heaven, will be perfect. Then my objection was, in sports, someone has to lose. How could someone lose in heaven? He says, who says so? I thoroughly enjoyed many tennis matches and 10-kilometer races that I've lost. Losing a game isn't evil. It's not a part of the curse. To say that everyone would have to win in heaven underestimates the nature of resurrected humanity. And so I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know if there'll be sports or not. Uh, if there is, I'll be a lot better than I am now.
3: It's not going to change you wanting to go to heaven.
0: If no. No, no. Now, these are just some of those questions that people wonder about. People ponder about. It doesn't change anything. Um, some people probably wouldn't want. You know, they'll think, "Well, I don't want to know if I want to go to heaven because there's no sports." Well, they need to change their attitude anyway, uh, because we know that the glory of the Lord is what makes heaven. Heaven, God's presence uh, Himself. Um, but anyway, I don't know if there'll be. Uh, He he mentioned some things here and I put some question marks again. He mentioned in Adam and Eve when they worked hard, did they sweat and get sore? Um, Because he says there's a good tired and a good sore. And he talks about sweat glands. Well, I believe they probably sweated because that's part of the the cooling process. Maybe, I don't know, but I don't know why they would have had to get cool if everything's perfect in the environment. And I don't think they would have gotten sore because one of my least favorite things in life is to go out and do something and then get up the next morning and be sore. So I don't think you were sore, but I don't know. We'll ask Adam and Eve uh, when we get there, maybe. Because I'm sure it will be one of the main things in our minds when we get to heaven is, were you all sore when you're in the Garden (laughs) of Eden? Now, here's another one. I put presumption on this. And I'm just being totally honest with you because I told you I want us to be biblical. He talks about, will our dreams be fulfilled and missed opportunities regained in heaven? And he talked at length in day four about, and I took it as he thought they would be. Is that the way y'all took it too? Um, that if you, you had dreams here, maybe you wanted to, to paint a boat or uh, do a painting or write a book or read a pile of books or do things like that, that in heaven you're going to get a chance to do that. Uh, again, I don't see the scripture saying that. That would be maybe wonderful if, if it did. But um, maybe you've got some dreams. Does anybody, you think, in life make it through this life without some missed dreams and missed opportunities? But isn't that, isn't that a part of living? And, and we get to that point in our lives, we realize, you know what? That's never going to happen now. Um, and we do a disservice. I've said to you before, we do a disservice to people and children especially. to tell them, you know, honey, you can do whatever you want to do. You can be whatever you want to be. As, beloved, as much as I want, I can't be a racehorse jockey. I mean, American pharaoh could not handle me. Uh, he would not be a triple crown winner. I mean, there's certain things that we cannot do. We're not equipped to do. And so, again, I, I, I really think that um, this is somewhat presumptuous. But it did bring up about a, an important point we need to talk about in relation to, to people and helping people. At the top of page 140, when people don't get their dreams fulfilled... Top of page 140. What negative effects on people have you seen because of these kinds of disappointments? So their dreams are not met, their opportunities are missed, uh, blaming God for injustice, uh, discouragement and depression, uh, poor choices seeking immediate pleasures. Uh, a lot of that goes on, doesn't it? It looks
2: Just, like if we want our earthly dreams to, to come true, and that's why we're going to heaven. That's what we want heaven out of heaven. We're missing the boat there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and and I and I can't say that God may not meet some of those. That's up to Him, uh, because I, I, as I thought about this, you know, some of our dreams are askew. Some of our dreams are sinful. They're based in pride. They're based in arrogance. They're based in self-exaltation. I mean, if you really rip it away, uh, some of those things are not right. Now, I'm sure it would be brought out if we were just having this discussion and we'd say, well, you know, that part of it would be gone. Well, sometimes that's the main part of it. You know, I want to be this. I want to have this so I can be seen and known. Uh, Are we past our peaks? Now, I did like this part of the chapter where it realized, you know, you're getting uh, in life. You realize there's some things that are gone. You're not going to get there. I put a star by 141, the next to the last paragraph. When we Christians sit in wheelchairs or lie in beds or feel our bodies shutting down, let's remind ourselves I haven't passed my peak. I haven't yet come close to it. The strongest and healthiest I've ever felt is a faint hint of what I'll be in my resurrected body on the new earth. Now that's encouraging, beloved. Because you know, all of us are past our peak in some regard. You know, there's some things we used to could do better. We can't do those anymore. And by the way, we have, some of our memories just gone. we weren't that good back then anyway. (laughs) But anyway, we really could throw the ball. Well, we were great. We should have went pro. You couldn't even make the varsity team, but in your mind, you think you're going to go pro. Uh, We get better and better as we age in our minds, but our bodies don't, right? But we know that this is not the best, even in our prime. And he talked about 30. Did y'all read that? About maybe 30 being prime or whatever? Some of us say, "I want twenty. I want twenty-five. Some maybe want fifty-five. I don't know, you know." Um, But we don't know. A lot of that's presumption. I'm I'm going to hasten on day five, and I want to open it up to you. Are you living in the light of heaven? Are you living in the light of heaven? He gave an analogy about a party that these people were taken to, and it wasn't that great of a party. Uh, And they were hoping maybe the party would get a little bit better. But then what happens? Let's say it's time to leave. And who likes to leave a party early? I mean, if it's the party you want to be at. And so they leave the party early, but then they arrive back home, and what happens in the story? There's a surprise party. That's far better than the party that they were at. And he says there, and I'm going to do it for time's sake, just read the paragraph under the question on page 143. Christians faced with terminal illness or imminent death often feel they're leaving the party before it's over they have to go home early they're disappointed thinking of all they'll miss when they leave but the truth is the real party is underway at home precisely where they're going they're not the ones missing the party those of us left behind are fortunately if we know Jesus we'll get there eventually that's pretty awesome beloved now look at and we wonder why sometimes young people die and children die and people in the prime of life die people that were full of health and vigor maybe are suddenly and in our minds tragically taken out we thought man look at all they missed but in reality if they know Jesus Christ they haven't missed they're seeing and doing far more than we are at the moment and we rejoice in that all of this should give us incentive to live a righteous, holy life. Um, that's really one of the main points, based upon 1 Peter three eleven through 14, one of the main points that uh, a study of heaven should do. It should make us to focus upon God more, to live a more righteous and holy life, to focus upon eternity, and to exalt him and look forward to what he's doing. It says in the end, we, are, we, we were all made for a person and a place. Jesus is the person. And heaven is the place. Now I promised you, and I'm going to hush now, I want to hear from you in these closing moments. It can be from this chapter. It could be from a previous study. It could be a comment, a thought, an insight, a praise, whatever. Something that you're taking away from this study. Because, you know, this shouldn't just be a book that we just we went through, seven weeks of heaven, praise the Lord, amen, let's move on to the next study. We should be changed by being exposed to the truth. So real quickly, anybody, I want to give you the opportunity, anybody have a word, thought, comment?
2: I think we've got to live our lives in anticipation of what we're going to do for God the next day.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Not what we're going to do for ourselves.
0: Good. That's good, Brother Jim. Focus upon God. Yeah.
3: I lost my Mm -hmm. I thought it was terrible, but he placed a father over us that that taught us the Bible and kept us on the right track. Mm -hmm. And we had a grandmother and grandfather that lived close by him. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. when I got to reading about this, I thought about losing her and what a dark day it was when we went to her funeral. Yeah. And we missed a lot by not having her, I know she was a Christian woman. Yeah. But
0: then he placed somebody else. hmm And one day you'll be reunited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Praise the Lord.
3: We touched on uh, something I've been thinking about. Oh, well, since we departed last week. Um, it kind of what was Ruby is talking about. I'd like to hear some folks' opinion uh, when they're in paradise and have... Do y'all believe that the people that are have gone on can see what's going on here? And then I thought, well, if they can see our lives right now, what's going on here? You know, mm-hmm. some of us make some terrible mistakes, and there's supposed to nothing but joy and praise and happiness in heaven. That might bring them sorrow if they saw you know mm-hmm. some folks mm-hmm. making mistakes or mm-hmm. or doing you know things that they shouldn't be doing. What are some of y'all's thoughts on? I know you said that you struggled with it a little mm-hmm. bit as to whether, you know, like your dad might see mm-hmm. you and mm-hmm. kids and whatnot. I lost my parents early as well. And, um, you know, I kind of sometimes hoped they might see important um, things that you know, had happened to me. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I didn't want them to see mistakes that I had made. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on what y'all think? But maybe they can see the whole picture in the end. Yeah,
2: I
0: you know, they knew they made mistakes while they
2: were on earth, and that we will mm-hmm. too, but you know, things are perfect in the end. <coughs> if that happens, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You guys, any thoughts on that? <coughs> Isn't the wiping away of tears coming later? Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, now there still might be things going on. We don't know mm-hmm. about
0: We don't know exactly what. And I, and I pointed out, uh, too, you know, that God could make it if He wanted them to see where they only saw the good uh-huh. and didn't see the bad. You know? That would be good. Yeah, so... And, and really, I don't know the answer to that. Possibly could. I know when you look back at the uh, Lazarus in Abraham's bosom, mm-hmm. you had them communicate, That was an unusual situation. Obviously, a parable. Some people think, well... But the name was used. We talked about that at length. There was communication, but I don't know. We know that Saul brought up Samuel but by the witch at Endor. Right? So, but I hope if they can, that if he, he will just pull back the curtain for the good things. Yeah.
3: But it won't be any different. I mean, after the resurrection, we're in heaven and all of all souls are still on earth. I mean, some of our loved ones may not make it. It would be the same thing, wouldn't it? I mean, we might look down, or we're going to be able to look down and see them.
0: We talked about that at length um, as well, Janet, about... Um, You know, if we have loved ones that go to the lake of fire, uh, will we know that? And um, I think it was the last chapter um, that we looked at that in particular. And, of course, we know that God can remove that from our memory. Uh, Randy brought up the fact that we would, you know, say that that was just uh, because we wouldn't be thinking about our loved ones. We would see them as they are. Um, I'm inclined to think he just removes that. We're not going to be looking for those people. I don't see heaven up there looking over our Rolodex looking for this certain person who's not there uh, because we'll be focusing on who is there. Um, so I don't know the answer to that. Well,
2: I'm going to ask a crazy question. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm constantly asking people and you say, well, you don't have to go to church or be involved with other Christians to know God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the case. I get want to be. When they go to heaven,
0: does God going to have a special place for them to stay where they can be by themselves? Or are you going to be with other Christians? Well, there's going to be a, a lake on this side and a <laughs> golf course on that side. <laughs> and a beach house over there. <laughs> anyway, I've heard that many times, brother. And I'm concerned about a person who has no desire to be with the bride of Christ and the brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, I would definitely say you cannot be an obedient Christian. And forsake the assembling of the believers Because the Hebrew says don't forsake the assembling Uh, I think a backslidden Christian Could live there But I think they couldn't enjoy it It's been said one of the most miserable people in the world Is a backslidden Christian Because they can't fully enjoy sin But yet they're not enjoying their Christian life Because they're kind of in the limbo land Because they're sinning And so I would wonder And of course I'm not their judge But I would wonder about someone who has no desire To be in the house of God I don't mean missing once for vacation or they had to work this Sunday, but I mean no desire at all. And that's their philosophy of life.
1: That's what I've Yeah,
0: I, I would have I would have concerns that they truly know the Lord. Um, it would be my fault on that. Anything else we wrap up? Thank you all for studying with us. And I hope it was a blessing. It was a blessing to me. I was challenged. Uh, going through, I appreciate Randy's work. If you want to study more, I will remind you there is a massive, like 500-page book by the same title. He goes into greater detail. I'm
1: confused now. You may want to may want to avoid
0: the 500-page book.
2: I believe we better with them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You, you probably should. Yes. It's a little taste of heaven, Felix, is what that is.
0: A little taste of paradise.
1: It's
0: been a long time. But, uh, but, but anyway, we'll, we'll make it God helping us. and uh, Be sure to get your uh, Angels, uh, Demons, and Other Flying Creatures book as you go. If you're going to do that study with us, and we'll do that one beginning July 1st. And be here next week for Steve. And the following as well. Let me close this in prayer and thank God for our time together. Father, thank you uh, for the glory and the gift of heaven. Uh, Lord, we know it's only heaven because you're there. Uh, thank you for preparing a place for us. Thank you for what you've taught us. And though we do still have a lot of questions, we, we've got a lot of answers. Uh, Lord, and we appreciate that. And we thank you. And I pray that you'll continue to expand our understanding as we long for and meditate upon heaven. As we think about these things. And Lord, help us to focus on what really matters when it comes to heaven. Uh, That is bringing honor and glory to you. Thank you for these men and women. Thank you for their uh, faithfulness to you. I pray, Lord, that you continue to use these uh, truths we've learned to impact their lives. Help us to be outreaching others that they too can go to heaven. Dismiss us now in thy care and thy love. Watch over us and help us. And bring us back together again when the doors of your house are open. And we ask this in Jesus' most holy and precious name. Amen.